You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, episode two. I don't know about you, but I really struggle with planning out my meals and figuring out what to eat every night. I am so excited that I have found SimplifySupper.com. It is this great resource. They also have an app, Simplify Supper, and it does all the meal planning. It goes week by week, and it shows you everything that you need. You click on the recipes, and then the best part is that it creates a shopping list and the coupons that you need. So totally takes all the stress and time out of making your meals so that you can enjoy more time outside. And you guys, the best part is that this is free. It's 100% free to join. I've joined other programs that cost, I don't know, five or $10 a month, and I've used them and I've enjoyed it, but this is so much more robust. So make sure that you check it out at simplifysupper.com. Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom, for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Hello, this is Kathy Dalton. Today's episode, we caught up with Georgia Anderson. She can be found at knowhowmom.com. And we talk about something that I love. It's about creating encouragement in our children and how do we build their confidence. We talk about some things that maybe we do as parents that maybe we shouldn't be doing and what we could do instead. We also do a fun little exercise where we learn how to receive a compliment. And I think it's a really powerful exercise. I'm excited for you to listen to Georgia and all that she has to share. And we also have an exciting challenge for you that we hope that you will take part in and we hope that you will enjoy the show. Today, we are so excited to have Georgia Anderson here. Georgia started knowhowmom.com really as a way for parents to become the experts. And what I love about Georgia is that she says she isn't the expert, but really her passion and her desire is to help us as parents to become the experts and to have as much research and as much information so that we can parent our kids the best way possible. So Georgia, we all want to raise these self-confident, courageous humans. Is there a special formula for creating that? (laughs) Well... First of all, thank you so much for having me, Kathy. And, you know, I wish there were a perfect formula like baking the perfect cake. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, Maybe, fortunately, we as human beings are pretty complicated. We come with all kinds of variants and and, um, we're able to make choices. So we have lots of options and ways that we might choose to behave. But what we do have now is that just some really great foundational research on human behavior and kind of what works and what doesn't work. And that's what I love sharing with parents. So is there a formula? No, but there are, I think, some basic ingredients that can help us, you know, make decisions about how we want to influence our children and then allow them to make choices. So, of course, one of those things is allowing our children to make choices. That's a big thing we talk about in all of our classes and talk about ways to provide choices for our kids. But if I were going to say there is a formula, I would say that if I wanted to build courage in myself or in my child, there would be some basic things. And and I think three of those things are risk, you know, the ability to try new things and not be so overwhelmed by fear that you won't try. And I think the second ingredient is experience. So learning that failure is normal 
and that sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail. So we have risk experience. And I think the third one is practice. So once we start finding that something goes well, we practice it over and over and over again. And we give our children experiences where they can have those three things happen, where they can try new things, where they can get feedback from failure or success, and then they can practice small steps on a regular basis over and over and over again. And that's really powerful to teach our children that it's okay to fail. Yeah, I think, you know, we we still want to protect our kids from hurt. And the older we wait until they experience hurt, the farther they're going to fall. (laughs) So I think it's super important for us to recognize that failure is vital to their growth. It's part of growth for all of us, and especially for our young children. I was listening to a book on tape. I think it was... um... I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but I'll add it to the show notes. But when this gal was uh, growing up, her dad would sit them down at the table and say, what did you fail at today? And that's Mm -hmm. what they talk about around the dinner table. And I, you know, as I parent, we try to have more conversations around failure instead of, you know, what Mm -hmm. was really good and what was really great, but what was something that didn't go so well? Right. Because how do we ever become courageous? How do we ever become someone who has confidence if we have not experienced what it's like to fail. You know, it's like we really need that experience. We need to understand what didn't work so that we can do what does work. I love that. I think that's really great. And then you talk a little bit about self-esteem kind of being this lifelong quest, that it's not something we just are born with. (laughs) Right. And of course, as we look at different children, they all come with their own personalities and some will seem much more self-confident than others. But I really do believe it's something we're experiencing all of our lives. I know that I go through periods in my life where I feel like I'm not quite what I wish I was or, you know, can get down on myself. And usually we're particularly vulnerable when we're going through a period of growth or change in our lives. And you think about childhood, childhood, you are growing so rapidly and There's so much change happening in your life all the time. Great big new things coming into your life and and that you have to face all the time. So, of course, self-esteem is particularly vulnerable during childhood because there is so much growth and change happening. But we can relate to that as adults, knowing how it affects us when we do have those periods. Like when you move out of your hometown, you know, or you move to a new city or community, how tough it is to kind of build yourself back up and get a community around you and, and feel like you fit in. Children are facing that all the time in their lives, knowing, you know, figuring out how they fit in and what they can contribute and how they feel about themselves as part of that situation. I've, I've definitely experienced that this past year where my our oldest is in third grade, and that's been such a, a year of change. They're definitely learning differently, relationships and friends and teachers, and he comes home just exhausted. Yeah. It's, it's a good reminder to think that, you know what, there's a lot of change going on, and that mm-hmm. is a very vulnerable place to be where, you know, my day-to-day is pretty consistent. I'm not dealing with issues at recess or issues at lunch or kids. So I like that reminder. Sometimes in our adult world, just like you said, our life tends to be more static and we just forget how vulnerable it is for children who are experiencing that so quickly. So your example is wonderful. Oh, absolutely. So what are some ways that we might be hindering our kids' self-worth? You know, some of them are things that we don't really think about, but 
there are subtle little things that we might do during the day on a small basis. And remember, it's not the big things that we do that are going to influence our children's self-worth. It's the small everyday things, the statements we make, the ways we have of responding to failure or success or, or other things. And we can get into the verbal part of that. But on a more general level, things that we do that might be a discouraging influence to our children would be, for instance, focusing on the things that don't go well instead of the things that do go well. So focusing on mistakes. Oh, you spilled the milk again, or, you know, just small little things. Oh, you forgot your backpack again. You didn't play that right if they're practicing an instrument, or you missed that problem again in the math. You know, just instead of drawing attention to what went well, focusing on what didn't go well, and sometimes we just don't recognize that we're doing that. So catching ourselves when our children are making effort, that we focus on the strength in that effort instead of on what didn't go well would be one way. Can you give me an uh, example of and, that? Like, how, how, how would that look? Let's say the spilled milk example. Instead of focusing on the spilled milk, focusing on them, like, cleaning it up? Yeah, right. So instead of, instead of oh, you spilled the milk again, instead of saying, uh-oh, the milk spilled, what can we, how should we clean it up? Or offering help saying, hey, would you like some help with that? Or would you like to carry that yourself? So, you know, maybe a spilled milk example isn't perfect because there is a failure there in, in a sense. I mean, you did spill the milk, right? Or the milk did spill. But instead of focusing on the child spilling the milk, focus on the spilled milk. So instead of you spilled the milk, oh, the milk spilled. How can and we I clean like, it up? And I like what you said, like catching ourselves like in that moment when it happens, because I think a lot of our, the get home from school routine, you know, we kind of have our thing that we do mm-hmm. our little, our little processes, but catching ourselves when those moments happen and being aware of it, I think is really powerful. Right. And in the situation where there's a bit of a, you know, if it's, if you want to call the milk spilling a failure, but if it's a mistake where they've tripped or they weren't careful or something, Instead of focusing on the failure of the child, like you spilled the milk, rather just focus on the milk and focus on their ability to do something about it. I like that, focusing on their ability. Another way we could be a discouraging influence would be to expect too little of our children. So if we tend to be the type that thinks everything needs to be in order and in place, you know, we don't want to give them an opportunity to make the bed because it won't be perfect or they can't help make dinner because we want it made a certain way. So that's another way we need to be careful instead of showing confidence in their ability to try. And an example of that would be, well, making the bed is a perfect example. Like instead of saying, oh, you're too small to do that, we can say, hey, show me how you pull the sheets up. Show me how you would make it to look the way you like it. Another way we can be a discouraging influence is the opposite of that, expecting too much for where our child is. And this is where the formula comes in. There is no formula because all of our children are different. We need to know them. We need to know and be be very conscious of where we think they are and are we expecting too little or too much of them given their current ability and maturity. And finally, I think another discouraging influence can be that we overprotect and pamper them instead of stimulating their ability to try things on their own and, and like we said before, fail if necessary a little bit before they can, you know, figure out how to do it on their own. So recognizing that they can, we can be an encouraging influence for them instead of discouraging them. And I, I, again, you know, going from my own experience, I see for the difference between our first and then our second and our third, and how with the first it was a different expectation than it is with the third. It's just kind of a given mm-hmm. now. And with the first, it was a lot more. 
helicopter parenting and and trying to you know teach in a way but now it's just kind of like this is expectation this is just what you do mm-hmm. and it's it's hard because i think i've also realized like i'm learning how to be a parent and i know i'm not perfect and i've got a lot to learn and I, I think it helps when you can have an open conversation too with your kids and they can say, you know, this is something that maybe you could work on, mom. And I've had plenty of those conversations. <laughs> you know, you I, know, I, I would, think that is so powerful, I, what you just said. And something that the Gottman research really points out is how important it is for our children to see that we are not perfect and to teach them that just like we're saying, you know, building courage and self-esteem is a lifelong process and that, that we are required to do the same thing they are, which means occasionally we're going to fail. We're going to make a mistake. We're going to make a mistake in our parenting. And so for them to be able to see that and for us to come back and say, you know, I didn't handle that the way I would like to have. Could I have another try? Can we pull out the magic eraser and, and erase that? And can I try again? <laughs> It's it's hard. I mean, it's parenting is humbling. It's it's definitely very humbling. And, you know, I think at least for me after I had the first, I was like, "Okay, I've I kind of like know what I'm doing." And then the second comes and she's totally different and wired completely different and the things that we were, you know, using with the first don't work with the second. Mm-hmm. Just just recently, you know, an example of potty training, you know, with the first, it was bribery and it was a rewards chart. And <laughs> and then with, with our second, you know, she just kind of woke up one day and she's like, I wear underwear to church. We're like, okay. <laughs> and she did. And then with our third, he's just kind of potty trained our, himself. It's just interesting how to, you, you try to create that independence but it also helps to have those siblings helping to kind of create that expectation in part of, you know, yes. the, the family mix. Absolutely. I was number eight of 11 children. And I'll tell you, I grew up very independent just by necessity. So you're right. That does have a, plays a big part in it. <laughs> so depending on your birth order, you, you kind of see how it goes. And the parents are much busier with younger children or older, you know, when you're a younger child in the family so you have a little bit of an advantage there if you're a younger child in the family who doesn't, you just don't get as much attention. So you are required to be more independent, which is really kind of an advantage. Well, and we've been t- telling our oldest, because he, he's a little frustrated that maybe we don't push the middle child as much. For example, we went swimming and there's a slide that's kind of a bigger slide. And she's six years old and she's scared to go down it. But when our oldest was six, we pushed him and he went on it. And so, you know, he's pushing his sister, but she's Mm -hmm. wired completely differently. And then he gets frustrated that we're not parenting the same way. And finally, I had to tell him, I'm sorry, (laughs) you're the scrambled egg. Like, we're just trying to figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. First children are like the guinea pigs sometimes. So we've talked a little bit about things that we may do, you know, subconsciously that are kind of hindering our kids' self-worth. What are some things that we can do to help build their confidence? Well, okay. So we talked about, you know, focusing on their strengths, showing confidence instead of expecting, expecting too little. And instead of expecting too much, really valuing our children for who they are. And appreciating you mentioned how your younger children are so different from your first and really valuing them for the human being that they are. And sometimes if we are different from our children, that can be hard. We we expect them to be little mini-me's sometimes. And I think valuing them and not having an agenda for them 
but really loving who they are and helping them discover who they are should be or can be very encouraging. And I'm, I'm just going to share with you something that we do in class to teach that. And that, this is based on, and this is just one little exercise we do in class. It's about giving compliments or encouragement, right? Encouraging, building courage in others and, and how to build a good encouraging statement for our child. So first I'm going to show you what an encouraging statement does not look like. So if I were to come up to Kathy today, and I can't see you today because we're on the phone, but if I were to come up to you, or maybe I'll just make an assumption off your Instagram photo I've seen recently or something. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I would say something like, oh, Kathy, you are so pretty. You are the prettiest person I've ever seen. You take your kids skiing and you still look like a million bucks on the ski hill, even when you're busy with your kids. You're just amazing. When I say that to you, what kind of a response does your body give or what do you want to do in response to that statement? You know, it's funny because that's one thing that just makes me cringe. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that my value is on looks. And that's one thing I've okay. kind of tried my whole life to not be focused on is that, you know, I'm a smart girl and <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I can do some pretty awesome things that don't have anything to do with the way I look. Okay. All right. So... Focusing on something and making a judgment about it is what I did. And I could have mm-hmm. actually done the same thing about your brains. I said, you are, so, I could have said, you are so smart. You're just the smartest woman I've ever seen. You know, in other words, I'm making a value judgment about you. So whether it's about looks or brains or something you wrote or whatever it is, when I, when I begin the statement with you are, it can tend to raise in the other person, which you were saying it does in you. It gives you kind of make, gives you the heebie-jeebies. Like you kind of feel nervous. Your heart rate goes up, and this has all been measured scientifically. Okay, we're not just making a, a guess here. This has really been really well researched. Your heart rate goes up. Your fight or flight response actually starts to take over. Well, why is that? The fact is that. We are competitive human beings. I mean, that's how we were born to survive. You, you compete. You try to get to the top, right? You get food. You get shelter. You get clothing. So we're naturally competitive. And when someone makes a judgment about us, whether it's about our brains, our looks, you know, our intelligence, whatever, we automatically go into this protection mode. Like, are they, they're making a judgment about me, which means I've got to maintain what that is. I've got to stay better than them. And I've got to stay at this level so that I can compete. It makes, it it creates what we call a fixed mindset where we put the judgment on ourselves. We think that person has a judgment about us. And so we need to maintain that judgment. Well, what happens to children with a fixed mindset? You know, read the great book mindset by Carol Dweck. What happens with a fixed mindset is that we hold ourselves to an impossible standard We're afraid of letting the other people down who rated us as perfect in some way. And then what happens as a result of that is that we become afraid to risk. Well, what's one of the ingredients to having courage? It's risk. So someone who thinks they're the smartest in the class, for instance, if they're given problems that are a little bit above what they think they're good at, they don't want to try. And their, their grades actually start to drop if they feel like they have to be the smartest or gifted or talented or yeah. So, so when we, when we give a compliment or a piece of encouragement that is evaluative, we're really setting our children up for failure. 
in for, as far as their self-worth. And I, and I love that you put a name to what that is because it's always been something that has, I'm, I'm sure for our listeners too, that just kind of makes you cringe. And, you know, th- thinking through that process when those statements are made and how it makes you feel, mm-hmm. but that it's a value judgment. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we see lots of comments on social media that are, mm-hmm. I think, focused around that. I know I'm a, an extremely competitive person, but when you feel like that's how you're judged and that's how you're valued, it's a hard thing to kind of get out of that trap. Right. And, you know, it's okay to be competitive in, a, in the proper setting. You know, it's okay to be competitive as far as wanting to win, wanting to get ahead, wanting to do well. Those are all healthy. It's, it's okay to compete when you're, or to be competitive when you're in competition. But competition has no place in relationships. It absolutely destroys relationships. And that includes your relationship with yourself and other people. So if you are measuring your worth by your brain, your looks, you know, your weight, whatever it is, if you're measuring your worth by that, competition is extremely unhealthy. So if we, if you, if you use the word compete as far as, you know, forging ahead and, and working hard and all of those things in that true sense of competition, it, it's a teamwork. If you look at the root of the word competition, it really has more to do with hard work and energy and focus. It isn't about putting someone else down so that you can be up. And that's what happens with those evaluative statements. Tell us a little bit yeah. about what we could do instead. Well, this is super exciting because there is such a big push now on what's called the growth mindset. And, you know, how to build a growth mindset is actually quite simple. We just, we need to unlearn giving evaluative praise and evaluative judgment compliments toward other people. And we need to learn a very simple three-step process, at least in the verbal part about how to give true encouragement. And this can become pervasive in your life. When you start to think about growth and you start to think about courage and how it's built, you know, about with those things in mind, like it requires risk, it requires failure, it it requires experience and practice. So when you think about that as the underlying principle, the three steps are really quite easy to do. Georgia shares these three steps about how to give true encouragement And we've got a challenge for you to try it when we return. The Go Adventure Mom team was just on our local CBS station, and we were talking about things that help you to get outdoors. Be sure to check it out at GoAdventureMom.com. Things like sunblock, hats, and a couple of our other favorite picks. And we've also got a giveaway going on over there. So be sure to check it out at GoAdventureMom.com. We are back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Our guest today is Georgia Anderson of KnowHowMom.com. She's now going to share a three-step process to build a good, encouraging statement. So the first one is to, instead of stating a fact about a person, we're going to describe the situation, the clear and measurable facts about the situation. So in other words, it might look something like, Kathy... I was looking at your Instagram the other day and I noticed you were up skiing with your kids. Okay. I'm not going to make any judgment about it. I'm just describing just what I saw. Okay. And I'm observing the clear and measurable facts. 
And you might go, yeah, it was really fun. And I, then the next step is to share the feelings you have about it and the effect it has on you. And I would say something like, instead of, you are so cool the way you're always up skiing and doing everything perfect and you look so great, right? Instead, I would say, you know, I just get a little boost every time I look at your Instagram and see your kids up there with you in the sunshine. It gives me hope that I can do the same thing with my grandkids. Now, when I say that to you, do you feel competitive or, you know, I think there's a much lower risk of you feeling competitive with me or like you have to measure up to me somehow. Is that true? Absolutely. And it makes me feel like, oh, I'm doing something that does make somebody else feel good and happy. And that's the goal. Right. And I can do it too. I don't have to measure myself against you. You just, I'm just feeling, you know, telling you how I felt when I saw your, your Instagram up at um, skiing with your children. And then the third step would be to show your enthusiasm or gratitude in a way that is meaningful, if you, if you can, to the other person, if you know them well enough. But you would just show enthusiasm or gratitude if you didn't know them well. So what I could say to you in that situation would be something like, I love seeing your photos of skiing, and I am so excited to do that with my children. I just really appreciate you sharing information about those things on your Instagram with me. That's awesome. So we're going to have a challenge for our listeners. We're going to ask them to use these three steps to give an honest and sound compliment. And then we want them to let us know on Instagram and tag us at Go Adventure Mom and Know How Mom and let us know how they're doing. Does that sound good? That sounds awesome. So just to review again, we want to describe the situation, the clear and measurable facts, then share the feelings you have about it and the effect it has on you. And third, show your enthusiasm or gratitude in a way that's meaningful to the other person. So you, it means you have to know something, a little bit something about them. Oh, and by the way, my Instagram is different. It's knowhowmomtips. Awesome. I think you had one more idea that you wanted to share with us before we end. Oh, yeah, there is just one other idea. And that is when someone does give you a compliment, and even if they're not skilled in giving the compliment, I would like to challenge everyone, myself included, not to tell them that they don't know what they're talking about. In other words, when they say something that's positive towards you, even if it's, oh, you're so pretty, you can say instead of, oh, no, I just look a mess today. I didn't wash my hair. Instead, try saying thank you. Say thank you. It really means a lot to me that you'd take the time to notice and, and share with them that you can validate what they're saying. This is another way of really building our children's confidence and self-esteem by us modeling the ability to take a compliment graciously. So that would be my last challenge. I love that. Well, thank you for being on the show, Georgia. I feel like it's just a wealth of knowledge every time I talk with you and learn so much and definitely feel armed and ready to go work on some of these ways to encourage our own children and spouses and our friends. I think it's a great way to be a force for good and to do great things in the world and really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you, Kathy. It's a lifelong challenge for me. I know that. And I love sharing this information because I learn a little bit better every time I do it. So thank you so much for having me. Please join the challenge at Go Adventure Mom on Instagram. And Georgia is at Know How Mom Tips. That information will also be in our show notes. And our show notes can be found at GoAdventureMom.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll find that information there. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please leave an iTunes review or a Stitcher review and I will love you forever. Your review helps other parents just like you find this podcast and we want to get the word out there so that they can have the confidence to get out there and do great things too. 
See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.